Hey guys, I'm Christina Yerling-Biro. Thank you so much for joining me again here on Pop Culture Confidential. So last week, we talked about the huge start of this year's award and festival season, the big names and the big contenders. This week, I'm so happy to talk to the director of a movie that, although it may be small, controversial to some, and was literally dangerous to make, I predict will be much talked about this award season. Levin Aiken's film, And Then We Danced, got rave reviews when it premiered at Cannes this spring. And although it was not filmed in Sweden, doesn't have a word of Swedish in it, it is Sweden's Oscar submission. Levin Aiken was born in Sweden, but for this, his third film, he went back to his Georgian roots, where his parents are from. After witnessing a very violent attack on TV from Georgia's first Pride Parade, he decided to go to Tbilisi. He wanted to research the situation for the LGBTQ plus community and just see where that would lead him. That led him to making And Then We Danced. It's set in Tbilisi, Georgia. It's about Merab, a young male dancer in training for a career at the National Georgian Ballet. He develops forbidden feelings for his main rival, Irakli. Marib's life as a dancer is almost a predetermined fact, as most of his family were professional dancers but are now struggling to get by. And his brother, technically also in dance training, is somewhat of a troublemaker who parties and never shows up. Marib is played by Levin Galbakiani. Now, he's a trained dancer, but a non-actor, and he does an extraordinary performance in this film. Beautifully expressive face and explosive dance. The forbidden love story between Marib and Irakli is played against a backdrop of traditional Georgian society, class struggles, and the desire for the young to just be themselves and be free. The movie literally had to be filmed covertly as they received threats and repercussions from right-wing groups and conservatives. The film is set within the explosive but gender-conservative world of Georgian traditional dance, but it's not really a dance genre film. It draws a lot from the universal themes of, for example, teen movies. And 80s film director John Hughes is a big influence, says Levin Aiken, especially Some Kind of Wonderful, which Hughes wrote. Not only in terms of the teen love story and triangle dramas, but also class dynamics. Here is the trailer for And Then We Danced. In it, we're introduced to Marib at dance class at the Georgian National Ensemble when the object of his desires, Irakli, enters the class. And we hear a voice saying, Georgian dance is based on masculinity and there is no room for weakness. Cartoon I met with director Levin Aiken in Stockholm, right in the middle of an incredibly busy period, as he, several cast members, and crew are preparing to go to L.A. for Oscar campaign season and to launch the movie around the world. 
I started by asking him about the messages that I have heard that he's been receiving now as the movie spreads. Messages from the LGBTQ plus community, many from countries where it's literally dangerous to be yourself. I mean, a lot of them have been, you know, just sort of thanking me for um, this film and for finally being sort of presented and represented in this context of Eastern Europe. One message I got yesterday was from a guy from Tunisia who asked me if I could, you know, sort of help get him out of Tunisia because he was he said it was ser- it's so seriously homophobic here. And, you know, when I get messages like that, I mean, of course, it feels really bad and I don't know what to answer, really. Um, but, yeah, so... But, and also from people outside of the LGBT+. plus. I mean, just... That's the thing. I mean, it's really polarized in... Like, for instance, in Georgia, you have, like, on one hand, you have, you know, all the bigoted people and, and the, you know, Orthodox church... And then on the other hand, you have as many people who are really um, sort of supporting these questions and really want, mm-hmm. want these things to have a platform. And when we released the trailer, uh, when the move was accepted to count, we released the trailer, uh, the media in Georgia has been super supportive of the movie. Oh. Uh, and also Georgian journalists who are in Cannes, covering Cannes, sort of gave it really nice reviews. And so we have a lot of support, too. I think that's also important to to remind people of, that in these countries there is a need for something like this. And the only reason I was able to do it is because I live in Sweden. Because a director in Georgia, you know, we didn't get any funding. And it's, it's you know, economically, there is no support. Mm-hmm. And even though a country like Georgia, on paper, is sort of the most progressive country, one of the most progressive countries in that area, I mean, there are right, uh, rights protecting LGBT plus people. Little is done practically to actually support. And this is actually um, Sweden's submission for the Oscars, but... Yes. This is a film that is not in Swedish, yes. not filmed in Sweden. What is your background? Yeah, uh, so I was born in Sweden, um, but my parents are of Georgian heritage, and they came to Sweden in the late 60s. So I've lived here my whole life. However, I used to go to Georgia in the summers as a kid, and uh, not so much during the 90s when there was a civil war in, in Georgia, but then again in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um so that's my relationship to Georgia and sort of a little about my background. Yeah. And the and, and the young filmmaker as yourself in, in terms of Sweden, you've already worked with two of the most influential Swedish Andersons that there are. Mm. Roy Anderson mm. and Abbas Benny Anderson. Mm. What have they meant for your career? Um, first of all, I'm not that young. I'm thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, so. but still <laughs> I was like, Okay, well it's nice to hear that you're young. But I like that. Um so, I mean, Roy Anderson, he meant a lot to me in the sense that mm, I had applied to film school here in Stockholm like two times, but I was never accepted. So I See was, what they missed. See what they missed, <laughs> right? So then, you know, I went knocking on Studio 24, which is Roy Anderson's studio here in Stockholm. And I, I think I knocked for like a week and was like, please, can I just do an internship here? I was like 21, you know, and I just desperately wanted to be involved with film somehow. And I loved his work. So finally they relented and they let me uh, do an internship there. And then 
And then I started um, working there for a while too. Um, and it was great. It, I mean, he works in a very different way than I do. He, he's, you know, super meticulous. Imagine. Yeah, and he, everything is about, you know, planning everything out. And I don't really work like that. I work, in that sense, I think I'm more inspired by the other Anderson, Benny, <laughs> because he works from a place of curiosity. Um, and for me, in order to sort of maintain a film project for two, three years, I need to be super curious about what's around the corner all the time. Like, I don't want to know or plan everything out uh, beforehand. And Benny Anderson is one of the producers on your previous film? The, the Circle. Yeah. yeah, and then on this one, actually, it's his son, Ludwig mm -hmm, Anderson, mm -hmm. who is one of our main producers. Maybe you could describe Georgian dance as much as possible. What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Mm. What does it represent? Sure. Uh, so Georgian dance, I would say, in, in a sense, it's sort of like kabuki in the sense that it's a performance it's like a theater piece it tells a story to the audience and it's very much um, based off of different legends and different stories from around georgia but uh, in a uh, in contrary to kabuki it's very explosive very sort of it looks sort of like a mix between martial arts and dance um And it's very, um, you know, traditional. So in that sense, it's also very gender conservative. Mm -hmm. it, you know, the men have their parts and the women have their parts. Also, I think interesting is that in Georgia, there are like three big dance companies at the moment. And they have sort of taken all these different dances from the different regions and interpreted the, them themselves. Mm -hmm. And these are the dances that we see in the movie. Uh, So it's sort of also their idea of what these Georgian dances are. I mean, they have been modernized. They have been made into acts and into performances that you know weren't like this originally, um, which we actually talk about in the film, because one of the dances uh, called the Kintori dance was actually, they say, um, performed by a queer community a hundred years ago. It was like the, their dance. And this and that, all of that has been erased away from it today. So today it's sort of this super macho dance too. And you worked with uh, professional dancers making this film. Yes, yeah. but it was super difficult because we um, we actually approached the main dance company of Georgia to see if they wanted to support the movie. Um, because they, we felt that they were the most progressive out of the three, mm -hmm. uh, and the head of the ensemble basically told us. I mean, she basically kicked us out of the meeting when she found out what the film was about, and she said that there are no gay people in Georgian dance. When I, yeah, it was pretty heavy, and I'd interviewed several in her ensemble, so like, obviously I didn't say that, but it was, yeah. The the impetus of the film wasn't that you were going to make a dance movie. Mm. I understand that what what uh, the impetus of the film was that you saw a very violent act. Um, tell me about that. Mm. So in 2013, while I was doing my last film, The Circle, um, I saw news clips from a parade in Tbilisi. It was 50 young people who had decided to hold Tbilisi's first gay parade, mm -hmm. uh, which is so super brave of them. Uh, and they were sort of met with this counter-demonstration of thousands of people. 
organized by the Orthodox Church and far-right groups, and also, you know, Russian influence, of course. I mean, this is a big political thing, I mean, in all of those countries where the LGBT plus issue is sort of, you know, the weapon being used um, to show how degenerate we are in the West. Mm -hmm. um, but they were attacked. Fortunately, you know, they got protection. I mean, they managed to escape into a small bus, but the images were horrifying. You can watch them on YouTube and, you know, people are climbing the buses trying to break in. I mean, they would have ripped them to shreds. Uh, and, and when I saw that, I felt I was, first of all, surprised because I never thought it would, would be that aggressive. And I was thinking, like, where is this hatred come from? Because, you know, you, even if a country is intolerant to some issues because, you know, it's strange to them or new to them, this was so much aggression. Um, and it really surprised me. Um, and also, I've always seen Georgian as a tolerant place mm -hmm. in that region because... You know, just two hours from Georgia and Chechnya, people are being abducted and murdered because of their sexual orientation. So um, I decided I wanted to go there and do research on this topic, but I didn't have a chance to go until two and a half years later um, because I was shooting a movie. So as soon as I could, I went there and I started doing research for this film. But then it must have been a dangerous shoot for you. Did you guys work covertly? We worked covertly. We And but and that's the thing. I mean, it actually sort of pissed me off because officially there isn't supposed to be a problem about this in Georgia. They get EU funding. Mm -hmm. there, this is a part of the democratization process. Like, everybody needs to be accepted. We would go to public places, public spaces that, you know, they should help us. I mean, we're making a film in Georgia about Georgian culture. Like, we should get all the help that we, you know, could. Instead, we were blocked. But they never told us, like, we're blocking you because you're making a gay movie. It was always like, oh, we're renovating right. tomorrow all of a sudden. Or it was, so it was really... Conveniently yeah. getting you out of there. Right? Yeah, it right. was very, very frustrating. And also we had so little money. I mean, we literally made this film on a shoestring budget. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of those delays and all of those things, that like, we couldn't have them. Mm -hmm. So... And one of the, even the choreographer is anonymous at yeah. the end of, yeah? So yeah. there's still sort of ramifications after for the cast and crew? Sure. I mean, the thing is, getting the movie, when the movie was accepted to Cannes, it really helped the movie um, get sort of um, levity. Like, it mm -hmm. made it, yeah, uh, also in Georgia, because, you know, they love culture and they're very proud of their country. So they were obviously very happy about that. But then on the other hand, they don't know really which leg to stand on. Because ironically, this movie is really promoting Georgia to the world and Georgian dance. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I see it as, I mean, all of our hard work really did them a favor. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we couldn't be Georgia's Oscar submission. They wouldn't help us. They wouldn't help us when we came into Cannes. Like, we applied for money for this project, and we didn't get so it. So they're sort of happy it's being a success, but they're still staying away from it. Yeah. In a weird, yeah. One of the things that you can really see in the movie that you as a director, seemingly, in, in the production, you seem to have made it a really safe space, though, for your actors and crew, because it's incredibly powerful and really... Um, brave performances by everyone, especially by Levin, who, who is the actor who has the same first mm. name as you. He's an amazing, amazing uh, dancer and as well as, as an actor. And he's a non-actor. Mm. Tell me a little bit about how you worked with him. Mm. 
Yeah, um, so I actually met him, I actually found him on Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so I was doing research. Such a modern movie. <laughs> yeah, it's such a modern movie, right? So I was doing research and I was interviewing kids in Tbilisi and they would befriend me on Instagram and he showed up as a friend suggestion and I checked him out and I was like, oh, wow, he's a dancer and he was he looked so sweet and he had such a nice open face and I was like, and I told um, our casting people that I wanted to meet him, um, but he didn't want to meet because he's super shy. Mm -hmm. So he was like, no, this sounds weird. I don't want to meet these people. And then after a while, I think he just relented and he met us. And this was just two years ago. Not even two years. It was October. It's yeah, this so, production has gone fast. I mean, it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. So we met him at a cafe two years ago. And just think, I mean, how, how his life has changed. I mean, he's this kid from a small town outside, outside Tbilisi called Chiatura. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, his whole world has sort of just, you know, exploded. But May I ask, was he ever afraid to take the role? Yes. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, I don't think he was afraid in the same way that I was afraid. Because, you know, I was afraid more that, you know, the role is a, uh, is a risk. Because, you know, he really puts himself out there. And it's the first LGBT movie of Georgia, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He was more afraid, like, that, you know, what his family was going to say, mm -hmm. more on that level, whereas we were more afraid for his, you know, personal safety. What has his family said? Um, they were actually very supportive of the film. Uh, uh, but you know what? They actually haven't seen it yet. But, but they but, know. But they know everything <laughs> yeah. about the movie, yeah. and his mom actually works at a theater in Tbilisi, and she's super supportive. Oh, good. But it is a sensitive issue, of course. Mm -hmm. And But she's supportive of the movie, um, and he's... Very, very proud of the film. Mm, as uh, he should be. As he should be. And he's so amazing. But he, he said no first uh -huh. to be in the film. But what, what, what I did with him and the other kids that are in the movie, that I interviewed them a lot, and they would sort of write diary and like read for me and sort of open up for me slowly. And then I actually um, became, you know, I, I hung out with him a lot. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of this manipulative process <laughs> of me becoming his friend and just sort of follow I had my own camera and I would film him when he was dancing or doing stuff or being with his friends or, or just being around him when while I was doing research on other things mm -hmm. for the movie he was always with me and so we really had this bond so when it was time and we shot a short teaser first <laughs> to apply for money and that was two years ago and then uh, one year ago, we started filming. So by, by, by the time we started filming, we knew each other so well already. And he'd been to Stockholm uh, for a dance workshop. And he'd lived with us then. So he was very, you know, in... He felt safe. He felt very there, safe, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can actually see a big difference in his performance from the teaser we shot, which, you know, he did an okay job mm -hmm. there. But, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He did an okay job there. Uh, and then in the movie, you know, obviously, he did a better job. But, um yeah, so that was interesting. And then when we started shooting, our relationship developed again because then, you know, we... You're the director. Then something. I was the director. And that was maybe a little confusing to him because he was like, what, what just happened? Like, we don't have time to hang out anymore. I was like, no, we, now we got to work. Um, but he, you know, he did an amazing job. He's not an actor, so he doesn't necessarily have the tools to bring forth emotions on cue and stuff like that. But so, he did have the tools to make some real emotions because it's pretty amazing. Just everything is real. His face everything and, yeah, is real. Yeah. It's very documented. So what we would do is really like put him in the situations. Mm -hmm. It's very, in that sense, like a documentary. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of manipulation. Um, as I mean, that's how it always is, I guess, in a sense. But yeah. I had to work with him differently than I would 
uh, a traditional actor. Right, right. I'm sure you're, you've been influenced by the dance film genre, but for me, and you said it yourself, with this is just an amazing teen movie. And um, I read that you were influenced by John Hughes, which is one of my favorites, and, and some kind of wonderful. Tell me what, how John um, Hughes has been an influence in your life. I mean, in many ways. Or in your filmmaking, Yeah, I, I mean... Um, I think this is the film. I wasn't while I was doing it. I wasn't actively thinking about him, but as I was watching it in Cannes and I was doing interviews and people would ask me, you know, what are your influences and and you know, 80s movies have always, you know, I love movies from the 80s. I grew up on sort of, I mean, we didn't have a lot of like highbrow culture in my home so the movies that you could rent were you know like one of my favorite movies still is Aliens mm -hmm. the second one well, that's highbrow but it's not you know Tarkovsky oh, no, you know okay. what I mean uh, <laughs> um, but but and also the John Hughes films mm -hmm. um, Breakfast Club well, yeah Breakfast Club I think for the one my favorite is actually I, I like Pretty in Pink and, but but my but I don't think it has aged that well. I, mm -hmm. I tried to rewatch it recently, and I was like, you know, there was a lot of things that True. I didn't like. Um, but Breakfast Club and Some Kind of Wonderful. And besides the, the sort of love aspects of teen love, what John Hughes films were about a lot, as well as other films like Stand By Me and from that era that I was thinking about when I was watching this, is class. Yeah. And, and that there's like one brother or one friend who is you know gets out and who has the talent who's a writer like in stand yeah. by me and one who just will never get out of this city yeah. this sort of shithole yeah. environment or a abusive family or whatever they happen yeah. to be in in this movies and i see a lot of that in your movie was this something um feelings that you sort of had growing up yeah you wanted to get out yeah definitely i really wanted to get out tell um, me about that no but i lived a very sort of um I mean, growing up, I, I sort of belonged. I, I was part of so many different classes, in a sense. We, I, I was born in Tumba, which is like a southern suburb of Sweden. My parents were sort of working class. And then they divorced, and my mom, and we moved first into the city. She met a new guy, and then we moved to Dandrud, which is like the most bourgeois part of the snobby area mm -hmm. of Stockholm. But my father lived uh, in Norsborg, in Botkyrka. So I would, you know, spend like one one week in Dandedit and one week in Botkyrka. And it's literally like a John Hughes movie. Yeah, because you have like... Across the yeah, train yeah, tracks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. across the train tracks. Yeah. And, you know, I sort of became this chameleon because I could, you know, hang out with the rich kids. And, and then... But one thing I noticed, and, and also, you know, in the summers we would go to Georgia and to Turkey where my grandmother lived all young people of the world are the same. And mm -hmm. it sounds so no, but that's what I banal mean. to yeah. say. And it's the same. The cultures are different, you know. Some places they take off their shoes when they walk in the house. Some, you know, some countries they don't. But, you know, essentially the problems are the same. And with this movie, I think it's very universal. And it seems to grab audience, West, East, Middle East. I mean, it's just everybody can find something to grab onto in this film. And... Ultimately, the film to me is a film about sort of being free and about empowerment and how to own your culture mm -hmm. and be yourself in a context where, you know, that's not allowed. Mm -hmm. And class has always been something 
that's been very uh, present in my life. And, and, and a mild spoiler here, if you're listening, but, but I think this, the, between the brothers, where there's an incredibly strong scene where they're you know, lying in bed together and the brother's basically saying, as in so many John Hughes movies, as the father says to um, Eric Stoltz, and some, it's like, get out, you have to get out yeah. of here. Um, and, and River Phoenix says that in, in, yeah. to, to Will in some yeah. kind in, in Stand by me. It's like you are better than this. You're mm. better than all this. But, but that scene is, you know, one of my favorite scenes in the film because it's such a journey between them. Because you don't know how the brother's going to react, and so many different things happen in that scene actually. And that I, I'm so um, happy and impressed that you picked up on that <laughs> because that is actually the John Hughes moment in the movie because his films always have a person telling a truth about themselves. Mm. When the character says something, you know, that very insightful, that never really happens in real life, actually. People aren't, unfortunately, no. they aren't that insightful. <laughs> but the brother says, I'm just going to, you know, end up here, a fat, drunk Georgian working for his father-in-law. Mm. But you're special, you need to get out of here. Mm. And, yeah. But again, it's so interesting with inspiration because... I never consciously drew. And you know, the film is, is you know, it's not like um, a regular film where you wrote the script and then you got the locations. Right, this and you was went organic in, in another It was way. super organic. So I just had like a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, you know, we were like a ragtag crew running around guerrilla filming. In, I mean, the restaurant where he works, it was open while we were filming. Oh, wow. Yeah, the in prostitutes, uh, they work there every night. We just went there and filmed. They had, like, we had like customers coming, and we would be like, okay, keep driving, we're filming. So everything is happening in real time, and most characters are real people. So I never had you know, the script. So I think that's why also I made the story so classical, because I knew that I had to make it classical in order to sort of stringently pull it together. Right. Because if I was just like out on a limb, you know, shooting this, shooting that, I would never have gotten such a stringent film together. No. This has a, a universal appeal to everyone, regardless of where you're from or your sexuality or whatever it is, that, that I feel that, that makes it... I mean, that's why we're talking so much about John Hughes, but I mean, the fact that we're still talking about him in 2019 mm. is the same with your movie, that it's such a universal place where you're coming from, where we all can feel different parts of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, thank you. Mm. That's so nice to hear. So, but going back to, has the movie premiered in Georgia? And, and... Actually, no. Okay. We're going to have a screening in I think on the 27th of September which is like two in two weeks and we're gonna have just like a screening for the team and some members of the LGBTQ plus community uh I've been saying that so much yeah and then um parts of like EU organs and stuff we're gonna have a screening for them on the 27th and then in November the plan is that we're actually going to have it in cinemas in Tbilisi. And how are are there are you? I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of positive things, but are you where? Are they, do you have protection? Are there? So you where will you be able to be there? Um, so the actors actually they haven't been in Georgia almost since Cannes because mm -hmm. they've been traveling festivals mm -hmm. and doing promotion in countries where it's being released. And they were just in Stockholm. They left two days ago. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to be in Tbilisi for a week, but then uh, they're going to start traveling again. again. Right. So they're barely there. And actually in November, we're doing the Oscar mm -hmm. stuff. 
so they won't be we won't be able to be there for the premiere um but yeah i mean we are worried about their safety and we are taking precautions um when you're young i mean if you ask them they're like no it's fine like we we, we feel safe mm -hmm. but as an older person you know that things can happen so fast mm -hmm. and it just takes like one crazy person yeah seeing yeah mm -hmm. so but mm -hmm. the more exposure that they get and you get hopefully that'll be a bit of protection as well <laughs> really and yeah. it, that's how it has become now mm -hmm. uh they're basically i mean so far when they've been into this they're like celebrities people come and ask them for their autographs mm -hmm. and you know take selfies with them mm -hmm. so so it's been really good so far and how are you all feeling about this oscar race coming up? <laughs> um it feels surreal because everything with this film has gone so fast like i was telling you earlier we a year ago we hadn't even started shooting and then we finished in the end of november and then we sort of edited over winter here in sweden where it's like dark 24 7 and i was sitting in my kitchen cutting the movie and then in April, we found out that we got into Cannes. And then it's just been like a roller coaster from there on. Mm -hmm. So um, it feels, I haven't really, because, you know, we're also shortlisted for the EFA awards. Mm -hmm. And like, it's all of these things happening at the same time. So it feels fun, but I can't really wrap my head around it, uh, especially the Oscars, because what I understand and also what we were talking about now, it's like this sort of campaign thing. So I don't know what to really expect. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll just and show up and talk. And the US premiere in, for the general audiences is, is later this winter. Yeah, I yeah. think they said like in December, January mm -hmm. 2020. Do you... I mean, do you feel positive in any way? I mean, do you feel that the, even though these waves are coming in, of sort of right-wing, um, scary waves that are playing, do you still see that now when you're out with this movie that there is another positive wave coming from the other end? Um, I do. I think that making a film like this in, in Georgia is really a huge step forward. Um... And for them, it came out of nowhere, you know, this film. So I think that creates excitement in itself. On the other hand, I have like dark days too, when I really feel sort of tired of all the stuff, you, you know, that you read and everything that's going on in the world and how we're sort of taking so many steps back. Um, so I don't know. I mean... It really feels like now I now I sort of just got lost in all of these thoughts around this because it's something I think about a lot. Yeah. Because I mean, we all do. I mean, it just seems like there's these forces of of hatred and from many different groups yeah. coming in. And it's just sort of you know also with the environment mm -hmm. and the climate impact and that sort of you know fuels. Um, extremism too because of um, refugee crisis and I mean it's just like it feels like we're really heading in a really um, fucked, up, fucked up direction sorry for yeah, swearing that's no problem. but I mean so but we, I guess we can see it that at the same time that these forces are coming we have a movie like yours we have Greta we have yeah. big movements of young people sort of taking we do up. So, well, we'll end on, we'll have to go and listen to some Abba and some Robin, which is so fantastically featured in your movie and, and, thank you. and, and get some joy out of yeah, it. Thank yeah, thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. this movie. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much to director Levin Aiken. And Then We Danced is out in Sweden. It's been sold to 30 countries and is being distributed by Music Box in the U.S. and should be out there at the end of the year. The movie will be traveling the festival circuit, so catch it if you can. I know it's in London, Zurich, Chicago, Mill Valley, and they're going to be in L.A. in November, screening ahead of the Oscars. And good luck to the whole gang behind the movie as you continue on this journey. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcast. And if you have a moment, please rate and review the show. It really helps us out. This episode was edited by Julia Scott, and I'm Christina Yerling-Biro. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.